Well, hello everyone, uh, my name is Michael Mavasagi from Mumbles Christadelphians and we're going to have a little look today about judgment and the day that God has set when he's going to judge the world. I'm just going to put uh, a few verses up on screen first of all. So the, the first one is from the book of Acts uh, and chapter 17 and verse 31, where we're told that God has appointed a day on the which he'll judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he hath ordained, and he's given him assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So what we're being told there is that God has already set a day when he's going to judge the world in righteousness by the man who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can have assurance in that because the Lord Jesus has been raised from the dead. So a day's been set. When that day is, we, we don't know, but that day has already been set by God when the world will be judged. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the good things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So we're going to be judged then upon the things that we've done uh, uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that again is picked up in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, and that day's already been set, although we don't know when that is, God is going to judge the world through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are going to stand before the judgment seat and then ecclesiastes chapter 12 so in, in the old testament that the point is still the same uh, and this is solomon the wisest man who ever lived saying these words let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is man's all so we have to fear god and keep his commandments we have to do what god says and this is all this is everything that we have to do. How our whole life has to focus around fearing God and keeping his commandments. And then he goes on to say, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So we have to think about the things that we're doing, the, the way that we conduct our lives, the things that we do. Our work is going to be brought into judgment with every secret thing whether good or evil. So what are we doing in secret? If we're doing evil things in secret, then we'll be judged for those things. But we need to make sure we're doing our good things in secret so that we are judged for our good uh, rather than doing evil things. So we've got to think about the way that we conduct our lives, that the things that we do, and particularly the things that we do when no one else is watching. Because we have to remember that God is always watching and will be brought into judgment for those things. I want us to spend the rest of our time looking at three parables of the Lord Jesus Christ that are told in Matthew 25. But just come with me in your Bibles to the, the parallel record in Luke's account, because what Luke is doing under inspiration is talking to us about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, about the second coming 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 20 of Luke 17, we can see that the scribes and Pharisees are asking when the kingdom would come. And the response of the Lord Jesus Christ is we don't know when the kingdom is going to come. The, the, the day's been set, but we don't know when that will be. But have a look at verse 26 of Luke 17. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the son of man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So what we have there then is some comparisons of the Lord Jesus Christ of what it's going to be like when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. We, we don't know when it's going to be, but he tells us what the world is going to be like. And what you'll notice there is that these people are just doing their own everyday things. All they did was care about themselves and there was no place for God in their lives. And for the vast majority of people in the world today, that is very much the case, that they have no time for God in their life. They, 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 they don't see a need for God in their life. They're just doing normal, everyday things. And just notice the words that are used as it was in the days of Noah, around those days when Noah lived until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Likewise, also the days of Lot, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And so we are living in those days as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, that the world is very similar to those days. And there was a day when Noah entered into the ark. There was a day when Lot went out of Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven. Even so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. God has set that day when the Lord Jesus Christ will come back to the earth and judge the world. And so those days of Noah and Lot didn't last forever, did they? And the days that we're living in now won't last forever because that day has been set when the Lord Jesus Christ will return to the earth. So come back with me in your Bibles to the parallel account in Matthew. And I just want us, first of all, to go to Matthew chapter 24. Let's just have a little look just to see that the, the context is the same. So in verse 36, talking about the coming of the Son of Man, talking about the kingdom of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels in heaven, neither the Son, but my Father only. And then he goes on, verse 37, as in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. And then we have Lot. Um, well, well not, Lot's not mentioned in this parallel, but 
we know that it's the same time that he's talking about. It's the same parallel record by both Matthew and Luke recorded in slightly different ways. He then says that, that there'll be two in the field. One will be taken, the other left. People are just doing their everyday normal things across the face of this planet. And the Lord Jesus Christ will come and bring us all to judgment. He then says in verse 45, who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who then can have a place in the kingdom? That's what he's talking about. Who is faithful and who is wise? And then what we have then in Matthew chapter 25 are three parables that give us an answer to that question. Who will be found faithful and wise when the Lord Jesus Christ returns? Let's have a look at those those three parables then briefly together for a moment. So the, the first one is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. So chapter 25, verse one, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, what we need to do to understand this parable is understand how Jewish weddings worked. So what happened with the Jewish wedding is that the, the virgins would meet the bridegroom and take them or take him rather to the wedding. So they would wait somewhere en route for the bridegroom and then take the bridegroom to the wedding. And we're told there that five were wise, verse two, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the point being here is that these virgins knew that the bridegroom would come. Just have a look at verse 13. Watch ye therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Uh, and we've said, have we? There is a day when the Son of Man's going to come. We don't know when that day is, but we know he's going to come because the Lord Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And we saw that in Acts chapter 17. And the difference between these two sets of virgins is that they both had oil in their lamps. But the wise had oil also in their vessels. And that's the difference, isn't it? They were prepared to wait for the bridegroom to come. At verse five, the, the bridegroom tarried and they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, the cry was made, behold, the bridegroom comes, go out and meet him. They all, the virgins rose, they trimmed their lamps and the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps have gone out. And the wise answered saying, no, there will not be enough, enough for you and us. Go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. I, I, I don't know who you are. You weren't there when I came. And now I'm in the kingdom and I don't know who you are because you were not there when I came with these virgins because you were not prepared. You didn't have enough oil uh, in your lamps and, and your oil had got you, your lamp had gone out. And so you you didn't prepare enough for the bridegrooms. You've got to make sure that every single day we take in the word of God. That's what the oil represents. Every day we've got to take in God's word and, and make sure that we are prepared. And it's all about predicting when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come, because we don't know when that's going to be. 
It's about preparation. It's about being ready for when he does come. Let's move on then to the second parable, which is the parable of the talents. And this is from verse 14. So we'll have a look at verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man traveling into a far country. He called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, according to his ability. And what then happens is that each of the servants then go away and do something. So have a look at verse 20. So in verse 19, that the Lord of the servants comes back and he says to him that has five, uh, verse 20, and he that had received five came and bought another five, saying, Lord, you lived unto me five talents. Lo, I have gained another five beside them. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful for a few things. I'll make the rule over many things. Enter down to the joy of the Lord. So this man was found worthy at judgment because he had used his talents wisely. The same thing's true of him that had two. He has two further talents in, in verse 22, and he is given the same blessing. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord in verse 23. And then we have this man who hides his talent in the ground. Verse 24. He which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathered where you had not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, uh, here it is that was thine. And verse 26, his Lord answered unto him, that wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had not strawed. You ought therefore to have put my money into the bankers and then at my coming, I would have received mine own with interest. And the point here is this is that knowledge brings responsibility. We know what God requires of us. And we'll think about that a little bit more at the end of our thoughts. But when we know something, if we don't do it, then we are accountable for that. And the other point here is that we need to have the right perception of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man's perception was that he was a hard man, that he was trying to trick us, that this man didn't feel worthy because they only got one talent. And that's not the point, is it? The Lord Jesus Christ isn't a hard man. He's not a hard taskmaster. The judgment's not about catching us out. The judgment's about rewarding us for the things that we have done. Have a look at the response again of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is who is this man who returns. And he says, I wanted you, all you needed to do was put your money to the exchangers, then at my coming, I would have received mine own with interest. I just wanted you to do something. I, I just wanted to see that you had grown in your discipleship. And James makes a very similar point that faith without works is dead. We, we won't turn there now, but James chapter two and, and verse 22 particularly says that what God is looking for is faith wrought in love faith that is demonstrated by the way that we live our lives we can't do anything to earn a place in the kingdom because it's god's good pleasure to give us the kingdom but what we can do is demonstrate our faith and our love to him in the way that we conduct our lives and then when the lord jesus christ returns and we say to him at the judgment this is what i've been trying to do 
in my life, we will be rewarded for that. But we have to take responsibility ourselves and we can't just expect uh, a place to be given to us um, without doing anything at all. Let me just read to you from Acts chapter, sorry, from Romans chapter two and verse six. He says to this, that God will render to every man according to his works to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honour and immortality, eternal life. So we've got to live our lives now as though we are already in the kingdom. We've got to live our lives now in the way that God would want us to do. We can't just bury our head in the sand and expect to have a place in the kingdom when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. We've got to take responsibility because of the knowledge that we have through the pages of scripture. The final parable then is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And this starts in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 25. And we see the son of man coming in his glory with his angels. So the, the day has come when the Lord Jesus Christ has returned. And all nations, verse 22, will be sorry, verse 32 will be gathered before him and he will separate from them the sheep and the goats, the the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And he'll say to those on his right, come into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And have a look at verse 41. He shall say to them on his left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared uh, for the devil and his angels. For as hungry he gave me no meat, as thirsty he gave me no drink, as a stranger he took me not in, naked he clothed me not. And they will answer and say, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered or a thirsty or naked or stranger or sick or imprisoned and did not minister unto thee? And then have a look at the contrast then between verse 40 and verse 45, because the sheep say to him, when did we see you doing all this? When did we see you naked? And he says in verse 40, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it unto the least of these my brethren, you did it unto me. And then verse 45 to the goats, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not unto the least of these, you did it not unto me. So the point is here is that the sheep were doing things without even realizing what they were doing. They were just going through their life and living as the Lord Jesus Christ would live. And in doing that, they were rewarded because they were doing these things for the Lord Jesus Christ. The goats, on the other hand, didn't do anything at all. Having a knowledge and understanding meant nothing to them. They just didn't give uh, two hoots, if you like, uh, about the way they conducted their lives. And so it comes back to this idea, I think, of doing things in secret. How are we conducting our lives? Are we doing good for the people that are around us? Does having knowledge and experience of the Lord Jesus Christ change the way that we live our lives? And are we using the talents that we have in our lives to help uh, and support other people? Because as we said, knowledge brings experience. And so the question is then, is being a good person enough? And the answer to that is, is no, it's not good enough just to be a good person. And we'll think about that again in just a moment. We need to take in God's word. We need to take in the oil 
of his word every single day to make sure we have oil in our lamps, but also oil in our vessels. And more than that, we need to respond and be baptised. It's not good enough just to say, oh, yeah, I believe in God. I, I, I believe uh, in the things of the Bible. We've got to demonstrate that in the way that we live our lives and doing what God asks us to do, which is being baptised and following after him. And in doing that, we actually recognise that we're not good people. We're inherently bad people because we, we sin and we fall short and we do things that we shouldn't do. And what we recognise is that actually we need forgiveness. We then have a life of service. And when we do that and we, we hand over our lives to God, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, he finds that we are acceptable. And when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we'll find ourselves on the right hand side with the sheep because we've lived a life of service and we've done what we can do. Because having a knowledge of God changes our our mindset. It changes our hearts. It changes the way that we live our lives. So we're not good people. Even if we do good works, we're not good people because we need to recognize that we are sinful. We need to recognize that God sent his son to save us and that when we make a commitment to him and are baptized, we then live a life of service to God. Faith without works is dead, uh, as James said. So I hope that's been helpful. Um, just a, a few thoughts uh, on the judgment. If you'd like any other information, then please uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, and we can give you a little bit more information uh, about following after God uh, and about the judgment. But it's not something to be afraid of. It's something that we should embrace if we've lived a life of service and are trying to do the things that God and Jesus would want us to do. Thank you very much for listening.